Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go. Everybody to episode 62 of the Greenlight Podcast. Also, the official launch of season four of the Greenlight Podcast. Wow. The first day of College Hoops 2020. Uh, this is really this is a celebration. I don't know if Ian's opened his. If you're watching on YouTube, you can check it out. That is the first beer of the 2021 college basketball season. Cheers to everybody. This is what we're doing. We're pumped. We're excited. Going to talk college hoops for about a half hour, forty minutes or so. Next episode, this. I really can't believe it. I can't believe it either, man. Um, I talked to a friend of the pod, Billy O'Mara, and I said, "Are, are is this serious?" Because he's been doubtful, and it's like he's been doubtful the whole time. We he said we had all tests. We're good to go, and uh, yeah, that's that's the deal. So crazy. Um, How long so this lasts? We'll see, but. Yeah, I think that's the crazy part. I'm definitely disappointed Gardner-Webb, uh, you know, had to get positive and Duke's not even playing. We got Kentucky later. Um, Virginia already won. A lot of the, lot of the big games. Gonzaga-Kansas tomorrow is obviously – this. that'll be – That's going to be great. Gonna be I don't know great. what time it is. Uh, Steelers-Ravens just got canceled, so that might be – I think it's 1 p.m. I think it's 1 p.m., which is going to be great. Okay. Oh. That's going to be great. Um, all right, so basically what we want to talk about uh, on this episode is we're just going to run through some of the top 10 teams. We're just going to talk about some general random stuff, some, some different topics, some different teams that we want to talk through, um, and we'll go from there. So, look, don't call, it, it, depending on what website you go to, the, you know, the top 10 is different. So I'm just going to start with Baylor. Um, Baylor is the real deal, man. They really only lose Freddie Gillespie from last year. Yep. Um, the trio of Butler, Mitchell, and Teague are going to kind of run the world in the Big 12 this year. I actually think Baylor's way better than Kansas. We'll get to Kansas later. I'm kind of shocked how high-ranked uh, or how um, highly ranked Kansas is this year, especially losing Dotson yeah. and Azubuki. Yeah. We'll, get to, we'll get to Kansas later. But I like Baylor, man. Um, Coach Drew is still – positive with COVID, right? Is he even coaching yet? I don't think he, I'm not, I'm not positive on that. Um, but I, that's something, at least for me, like early on, I, I'm not that concerned out just because they have that core, that whole core is basically back. And that I think early on, at least when I've been watching these games or thinking who, who I would take, it's these guys that have played together that are experienced that it, it, it's almost kind of second nature. They get out, roll the balls out. We know how to play. And they, and obviously they have, basically a three guard head that is just like, yep. they, 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 they know their roles. They're locked in. They, I don't know. I'm looking at, looking at their schedule. I mean, last year, what they started out, they, they lost to Washington second game of the season, like early on they're one, one. And then they ran off something crazy, like 20 straight went up. They won 23, 23 straight games from the, from then on from November 15th to February 18th. That was last season. Yeah, that ain't bad. And so this year they start out. So they start out with probably the toughest. I'd say they probably – I think they probably have the toughest, especially after what we saw from Illinois today, they have the toughest yeah. non-conference schedule of anybody. They go Illinois. I did see that. Gonzaga, Nickel State, and then Texas. Um, yeah. Gonzaga, Illinois on a neutral, neutral court. Um, and I believe – The schedule I, thing is – the schedule thing is so crazy, though, because – like I barely even in the preseason, literally on day one, the schedules are already a, a toss up, right? Yeah. Like they're not going to reschedule these games that get canceled yeah. as of now, yeah. anyway, right? Like Duke just said, like we're not playing Gardner Webb this year. They were going to play, and they're not. Virginia was, was Virginia supposed to play. Virginia was supposed to play Florida. They still have a tough non-conference. They were supposed to play Florida. Florida obviously is a mess, and so then and they're playing up the Mohegan Sun, and so it was a scramble. At least there were teams in that bubble that they could basically mix things around. Um, yeah. But, like, one of the ideas that was floated out there is, like, oh, well, um, we, they need another team to hop in with Villanova, Boston College, and Arizona State. Problem there, though, is, like, Virginia's in the ACC with Boston College. You can't match them up. 
So it means you have to play them against Arizona State and and uh, and, and Villanova. They already are playing. Yeah, Villanova plays BC tonight. Yeah, and then Virginia plays Villanova December nineteenth, which that's going to be interesting because that's at the Garden, and that's going to be. I think this. It's been weird enough. Like if you watch Michigan's playing right now against Bowling Green, and they have that's like they have the bleachers pushed back, and and so it's it's kind of odd. And you've got plexiglassings. Seeing the Garden empty, I think, is going to be weird. Like I, I get the. I well, guess is that a like is it up to the that's, garden? That's, is what, that's what the plan has been because apparently, like the garden, they have all these corporate sponsorships, all their signage. That they need. They haven't had an event since everything got shut down, and so for them to essentially try and make up any of that, even though there's no one there, at least get their partners out there and try and re like. I say I don't know what these contracts, how, how what the deal is, but I mean they're they're losing money obviously left and right, but then also these sponsors that have this permanent signage and MSG like Chase, for example. Chase isn't getting that money out of it, so they want to have events even if there aren't people there. But, but I'm saying they – did MSG make a decision on no fans, or are they just oh, listening to I, I think there's going to be – I don't think there's any chance of fans. I think it's still – the goal is just to play it at MSG, just to be at MSG. But that was – that was like as of, I think, two weeks ago. Jay Wright's been the one that's talked about it. He said the goal right now, it's still December 19th, Virginia Villanova, which I think that – I mean, once again, it's – the more of these like top five matchups that we can get like early on, the better. better yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was talking to um, another uh, friend of the pod, Danny O, over at Delaware, and the NCAA essentially said a team, in order to be eligible for the NCAA tournament, has to play 13 games. Yep. So that's the, that's the minimum. But what's going to be insane? And now look, like, will this happen? Probably not. But imagine if you get a, tw- um, uh, you have 20 teams across the country that are 12 and one. And yeah. then you got teams that are 20 and five. Like, where are you putting these 12 and ones? These are the separate. I mean, these games, though, like this, and, and obviously I think there's going to be a lot of things that change. And I think there's going to be a lot of games that probably will be missed or games that even if they're played, whether it's someone's out, whatever happens, there's going to be, so, so there's going to be so much unevenness uh, that yeah. you're trying, you're not looking at even resumes, even it's not, hey, we could have played, played 30 games. This is all right, whatever it is. But what's going to happen is that I think teams are going to try and pour it on as much as they can. Like if like Iowa right now, I don't know how much they're up. Like I, I think they're not going to let off the gas pedal because they're just trying to make as much of a statement as they can, because they need, these are all their, you don't know how many resume buildings. Yeah, I hear that. I actually think, um, and I was going to get to this later, but we might as well just throw it in now. But I think the NIT, if they're able to run and if they're going to do it, will be the best NIT. Yeah. It has that has been since the NIT was actually the real NCAA tournament. Literally, like maybe in 25 years, no, because so many good teams aren't going to get in. You're right. No, I totally agree. And it's going to be interesting how that because they could. I mean, honestly, the NIT at this point, because there's so much, they I don't I don't think it's necessarily a best PR move where you say to expand the field. But if I'm the NIT, I go to maybe have 65 NIT teams or 64 NIT instead of the Why not? They normally do. Just let it. I mean, obviously bring, there's a lot more risk. You're bringing more people in, but um, in this uncertainty, why not have as much I'm gonna say madness or chaos, whatever you want to call it. And, and yep. just bring these teams in and give them shots. Um, Cause I, I don't see how like a CIT or a CBI survives. If they don't have obviously uh-huh. on them. So if you're the NIT, I, honestly, they, I hope they die off. Probably. For I the hope best. they die off. Just, just like I hope college coaches stop wearing suits. Just and wear a polo and some Lululemon and call it a life. We don't need to go back to suits. I will say, and you, you, I mean, what did we? I guess we played your senior year at Ohio. We played CIT, or CBI, one of the two. Um, and I think we yeah. won. We won at at Middle Tennessee State or East Tennessee. We won at East Tennessee State. My senior year, we ended up in the, in the CIT or CBI. And not that I'm ever hoping to lose, but that turn no, – it, it, it's it's okay. That coincided with fest season at Ohio. If you know yeah, about Ohio, High Fest was the same time as we're playing VMI. And we're playing a 2 o'clock game, I believe, or a noon game. And we go into, like, triple overtime. And I'm sitting there, like, I'm not trying to just be out, but – it, it, it wasn't the most motivating tournament to be in to begin with. And so I think NIT still has, there's still the prestige, there's still the history of the NIT. And I think there's. Own in New York. I mean, they win. Exactly. I, I, I'm all for it. But we're off topic, obviously, of Baylor. But I think, and wrap that back. Yeah. But I, we, we've gotten to, we literally, we went from Baylor to CIT and CBI, which 
if that says anything about them. But, I mean, they – I'm looking at their stretch. I mean, their schedule right now. I said they have those crazy non-conference games. The Big 12, I mean, will be legit. They have a stretch there where they play West Virginia at home, Texas Tech on the road, Kansas at home, Oklahoma State on the road. I mean, the Big 12 is going to be really good. Outside, of Kansas, outside good. of Kansas State, who lost to Drake today already, they look Oh, awful. my God, I missed that. They look awful. And uh, outside of that, I mean, the Big, the Big 12 is going to be really good. The Big Very Ten good. has seven teams in the top 25. Big uh, Ten, yeah, I know. Honestly, I think it's the, the Big 12, the Big Ten, then the ACC, then the Big East, then the Pac-12. But so where you were pulling this from, they have Baylor number one in the rankings? Yeah, I think I just pulled it from ESPN, gotcha. and it was from like two weeks ago. So, so Baylor, they had Baylor one, they had Villanova second. So let's talk Nova. Um, you know, obviously they lose Sadiq Bay, which they'll miss. But, dude, this is hysterical. But how long has Colin – been in college. Dude, I saw I, it today and I couldn't believe it. How is he still here? I mean, he, he can't, it's, just, it's only his third year, right? I don't I, – I feel like I he's – it's only his third year, to be honest with you. I, I'm, I'm pretty – he might be a senior, but I'm pretty sure – let's see, Colin Gillespie. No, he is a senior, to be fair. So he came in. Thank God. It's because he blends in with, like, Archie Diakono. And like, yeah, it's, I know. I know. It's I know. that white point guard role that just kind of blends together. But he's – I mean, what will happen first? Jay Wright doesn't wear a suit, or Villanova doesn't have a white point guard. Oh my gosh! They <laughs> gotta have one coming up. You know, you already know it's gonna be something. But, but Villanova, Villanova is gonna be really good. Obviously, they got Colin, they got uh, Justin Moore, really good shooter, and then they got the big guy Jermaine Samuels. Like, they're gonna be fine. There's gonna have a lot. They're gonna have a lot of names that no one really knows right now. Not not household names that make a jump, and and they'll be great per usual. Uh, How about this stat? Only once in the past seven year, seven seasons has Villanova not earned at least a share of the Big East regular season title. Does that continue again? Probably. I mean, yeah. I mean, the big – and this is what's interesting. Maybe I'm just looking at Kemp on it. There's only – they only right now on the schedule, I only see three, six. There's only nine games on their schedule. It hasn't like they play – it hasn't like Marquette, Butler, DePaul. I don't know if maybe just the Big East hasn't built out their whole schedule yet or it's not been confirmed. Um, obviously, I should probably do my research as a, as a good podcast host, but it is odd. They only have nine games at least listed right now on this schedule. So um, one thing that I do think is going to be really interesting about this, because I didn't think about this until today until I was watching Providence, is Villanova just going to play all their games at their – little their home games at their small little arena well that's that's what everybody's doing providence is playing on campus at their women's game facility and then their practice was men's practice facility and then so is georgetown so georgetown is playing at the women's gym but it's all connected to where their practice facility is too providence and georgetown i i wonder about this i wonder about these like nc state like are they because they have reynolds coliseum and like there's some of these where the men play at one place and women um, it's interesting how it's going to affect that because I think Villanova I when they it's playing I don't know they play tonight so we'll see no I no I don't know where do, yeah, do we I don't know, know. It, I mean yeah. it's cool like uh, Ohio State that's one Ohio State they have they played one game I think last year at the what what's their the I can't shot. think of their, no shots their main arena but um, but I, I know but it's going to be interesting to see because I think it definitely. Not that it's going to change the whole result of a game, but playing in these smaller little gems environments compared to an empty 20,000-seat Wells Fargo Center is a big difference. And I know Villanova always rakes teams when they play on those low ones. They usually wear the retros. But I, I just think Jay Wright is, and Villanova, is, I think they're the most – what do call them? Outside maybe Kansas, you say they're the most consistent program. I mean, every year you can't, like, it's just churn in, churn out. Um, and, and he just brings in – he brings in a ton of talent. And, yeah, I, I don't um, – I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to doubt against them. I, I'm hope, I, I want to hear who you have third on this list because I, I think there's a team well, that third, I can – Third is what <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Third is what most people have at one, and that's Gonzaga. Yeah, I um, absolutely love them. Um, they, yeah. they lose the, the kid, Philippe. Um, but I, what I'm really interested in seeing, and I can't wait to actually watch, is the dude, Jalen Suggs. Yes. Um, that, I mean, I, I just think Gonzaga can legitimately go, like, 10 deep if they wanted to. And I think that's one of their big difference makers. Look, I, we always make the jokes, as does everyone in the college basketball world, like, is this the year they do it? I, you know, I think it's easy to pick them to win the national championship right now. Um, 
you know, I wouldn't really have confidence in anyone else but them, to be honest. Like, if you if if we were going to bet right now and put a hundred bucks, like, sure, I'll I'll throw it on Gonzaga over these other teams. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, and that's the thing, and 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 it's going to be. I mean, they. I'm looking at let's let's see their 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 schedule right now because once again, it's always it's one of those things where they're probably they're going to look so powerful all season. But I think they are actually I think they are that legit. But playing in the West Coast Conference, it's you're not going up against. Like you said, the slate that Baylor is going to have, we're going to have a better sense, I think, going into the tournament of what type of a team Baylor is than maybe Gonzaga is. And that's for better or for worse. I mean, they play – they're playing Kansas. They're playing Baylor. They're playing Iowa. They've scheduled tough games. Like, they play all those teams before Christmas. But after that, they play two, three top – they play three top 100 Ken Palm opponents. They play BYU. They play um, – St. Mary's, who looked awful today against uh, against Memphis, and they play um, and they play San Francisco, and so it's one of those things where I think they are the most powerful team. I Drew Timmy's probably one of my favorite players in the country. I've talked about him for a while, and I think now um, he can grow into it. Now I think he'll probably be a starter for them. He'll grow into a bigger role, but it's still one of those things where okay, yeah, you maybe they prove themselves in November and December, but are they still going to be? Are, like when we get to March, we need a selection show. There'll be a one seed, but how much do you actually? How much do you trust? That's yeah, I know. It's it seems like literally every the more things change, the more things stay the and same. And Nimhard, Nimhard getting uh, Andrew Nimhard getting um, a waiver was unbelievable, right? It was Nimhard, right? I don't know. I maybe I'm anywhere where we're doing. Yeah, he's he just got he got his eligibility a day ago. So from Florida, Andrew Nimhard. I mean, a day ago. I mean, yeah. that, that's what's so nuts is, like, you mentioned it with the kid uh, from Rice at, at UVA, like, just got it. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, Nimhard, he's, yeah, 6'5". He, he <laughs> that's just a tough – that's just a tough last name. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's go let's, – let's move on to your boys, the Who's. Let's go to Virginia. Um, I actually thought this was kind of interesting. They finished last year winning 11 of their last 12, including beating Duke and Louisville, which is pretty Eight impressive. Eight straight 11 last 12, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean Clark and Huff are back. That, that's those are your those are your OGs. Um, and then really the question is, will Will Hauser win ACC Player of the Year? I think if, if you've been texting me all day about him, if today's any indication of what it's going to be, I think it's. I mean, he is probably put on probably the most uh, efficient performance he could have. He had seventeen and seven and two assists in the first half, and then second half was on cruise control because they had so many others. The one thing I'll say about Virginia, and this is from watching the day, they scored 89 points today. That's 11 more points than they scored in any game. I know, and I know they're 89. playing Towson. Virginia put up 89. The most they scored last year was 78. They never broke 80 last year. And that was a team, and, and Tony said, and, and this is what he said a lot over the last couple of weeks, is that last year they could rely on their defense to win games at times. This year, they can't. And he's like, we're not there yet where we can rely on our defense to win. But this team is just so much more offensively gifted. And obviously, Sam Hauser is massive. Um, and then Trey, the biggest thing we were talking about before, the kid Trey Murphy from Rice, 6'9", he six threes. Just they are really, really – they're really long. Because when you have – when Hauser – like I always thought Hauser is going to be a small ball four, like a DeAndre Hunter role. Well, if you shift him to the three and Murphy's 6'9", that can shoot it playing the four, and Huff's playing the five and he can stretch the floor – there's so much – and obviously Clark's just going to be a pest. There's just a lot of length there. I think the one thing I will say, and, and, and that is like a cause or maybe some um, – a pause for caution, is the one thing, if, they're, if they have cold shooting days, Hauser is going to have to be able to get to the bucket as well and not just shoot it. Like Hunter, DeAndre Hunter could get to the bucket. Ty could, Drum could get in the lane and get one. Today they were, they, they were a great shooting team. But they're going to have to show that they're not just going to be a jump shooting team. They have to be able to score, I think, at all three levels. And that'll be the real proof. But I do think they're – I was very, very impressed with, with their offense. And does, their offense. does your boy Ty Jerome get a new lease on life? Did he get traded to Charlotte? Where did he get traded? No, he got traded to Oklahoma City. Um, Oklahoma probably, City. The did, probably for the did, best. Probably did, for the best. He, what happens? Does he get a second contract? Put your money right now. Does Ty Jerome get a second tra- contract in the NBA? Yes, I think he does. He's still on his does. rookie one, right? Didn't he get drafted yeah, last year? This is, he's played one year, and he was hurt basically all last year. But the problem yeah. was, yeah. And so, 
I think, yeah, I think you go to a team that is committed to being like kind of a rebuilding. It's with him and Shea. He can play with Shea Gilgis Alexander. They can kind of balance out each other a little bit and come off the bench. He can develop. Um, I would. The only thing I would have liked to see, I would have liked to see him develop behind Chris Paul and Phoenix, but I don't think they're, they're ready to play right now. And I think Ty, yeah, it's, if he's healthy, uh, I'll, I'll put my money behind him. But we'll yeah. All right, let's move on to Kentucky. Um, obviously, another – I mean, this just continues to be kind of the um, the theme, but they get a massive uh, waiver uh, for Olivier, Olivier Saar from Wake, uh, from Wake, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I thought. And they have, uh, they have Obi Toppin's brother as well. I mean, they're, they're, yeah. they're, their team got obliterated by guys – I mean, they every year, but, like, they didn't this have – This year more than ever, though. I feel they, lost, they got bailed out a little bit by getting Sar because there was a moment there where yeah they were gonna have like no bigs any bigs any bigs yeah, I know I know it's not a schedule yeah I mean they you know they got De- the new the new names at Kentucky that were everyone is gonna have to get um, used to is Devin Askew BJ Boston BJ Boston's really the only one that I was like oh yeah I like. I, I recognize that name. I really know that name. Played with uh, Sharif Cooper uh, in UIBL, the kid going to Auburn, and they were really, really good. They, those were some dogs. So I, I like BJ Boston. Yeah. And then the other dude is Terrence Clark. And then they, they really the only returner is Keon Brooks. Um, well, yeah. I mean, returning starter, I should say. Like, that's really the. So it's going to be just another, you know, this is, again, it's like another year and another probably the first yeah. half of the season, be, they're going to underperform. By the time they get to SEC play, they'll, they'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's interesting because, yeah, Keon Brooks is really the only other guy. Saar, yeah, it was like double-double. Um, and that the interesting thing with Jacob Toppin that we talked about, I just look it up. I mean, I'm not saying he got there because of the name, but, I mean, the dude averaged 5.1 and 3.9 at Rhode Island. And, I mean – I think I text my, I'm going to text my Rhode Island guy and ask him about Toppin, and then we'll get a we'll get a real answer from him. But let's keep going. No, my my point is, I mean, if you look at it, like obviously they have a good recruiting class coming in. They have young guys, but they still I I don't know. It, it's it's one of those things where within the SEC, like I, I'm looking at their schedule. I mean, the SEC is pretty decently tough, and they'll. I think the SEC is going to get crushed with a lot of COVID cancellations, but um, it's probably, I don't know, every year for Cal, I feel like it's a develop, like they always have freshmen. I feel like it's going to be a lot harder for him to develop those guys, at least on the defensive end, especially this year than others. But um, they play Richmond, they play Kansas, Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, UCLA, Louisville. Um, that I will say, we haven't, we never talked about that. What are your thoughts on basically Chris Mack calling out Calipari? Amazing. I'm all, I'm so here for it. Incredible. I'm so here for it. Because, because Calipari is like the guy for theatrics yep. and stunts. And, and he wants to get ahead of the narrative. And he, this, he was behind the ball. Yeah, exactly. He was, like, he was behind it. He was essentially, it was like, you had to play the game. You mm-hmm. had to do it. And I heard there was a similar situation with Xavier and Cincinnati that Probably. they were trying to get out of their game. And it was like, what, what, why are you guys trying to get out of this game? If all, if any game you're going to play, you're going to play this one, right? I don't get it. No, no, uh, no. But I love it. I'm all, I'm, I'm all here for uh, yep. Chris Mack. And I'm just here for the Louisville Kentucky rivalry to actually make crack the top 10 of worthy rivalries. Cause that's the most overrated bullshit rivalry in the history of, of sports. I'll, I'll it away. It is, it's huge there. It is huge in the regional country, rivalry, but regional. it doesn't have the reach of half these other, like Duke Carolina, regional. no matter where you are. Yeah. There's bad blood. If you live in the state, you're either a UK fan or a Louisville fan. But outside of that, if you live in Ohio, if you live in Virginia, if you live in Connecticut, it, it doesn't travel. Duke UNC, that rivalry travels anywhere. Right. Like, you know, like I hate both of them, but like that has way more weight. But so you're going to watch it is, it, it's a big time where they are. It is not as relevant as Duke UNC. Yeah, no doubt. No. Um, all right, let's go to Iowa. Here's what I know about Iowa, okay? Because there's, it's not a lot. Um, I know that Luke Garza is out of this world good, and I know that they return their entire starting five, and that's trouble. And they those are the two things I know about Iowa. That's it. They look good. I, I'll give them that. Garza, Garza basically didn't even play the last ten minutes. They won by thirty. Um, 
against and to be fair like once again it's a nc central team that normally is really good i think nc central's won like three of the last four like or maybe like MEAC championships so like they're good they're better than people they, they shouldn't be being 30 piece but i think i read and i told you this before they haven't practiced in like 23 days they got wrecked by covid um so i don't know measuring stick but i'm trying to look at these numbers because they i felt like every every time i look like they were pressing and they were shooting from all over the place and they looked really good i'm, I'm not I, the, my thing is i hate Fran mccaffrey so i can't like necessarily get get behind be like i i like this team i think this like but if any year is the year for iowa this is the year yeah i know it, it's it's interesting because we're going to kind of go through now how this top 10 is set up it's kind of the big 10 uh, three in a row right now um so it's interesting it's going to be interesting to see you know who whoever wins the big 10 but Will the Big Ten get over the hump of the NCAA championship this year? I mean, they, when was the last time they won it? 17. So, Luka Garza finished with 26 and 10. I want to see their, their schedule the rest of the way because they really – I mean, I was very, very impressed. And, I mean, I think they, they play UNC December 8th, Iowa State. They don't – and they play Gonzaga on the 19th. There, there's your measuring stick game outside of that. And then they get – their, their last stretch of games will be tough. They play at Ohio State, at Michigan, and then Wisconsin at home. Um, obviously, all as of right now. So, they'll have a chance to prove themselves. But, I mean, they, they're pretty – I thought they were really solid. I mean, they finished – I mean, they, they passed the ball well. They moved – or they moved the ball well, and they can share it. I don't know if it's the box score from today. But it seemed like they had a lot of guys, I think, probably in, in, in double figures. They can all – they can all – who it's not, it's not just Garza. I don't think I, – no, no, I just know that he's unbelievable. Every time I watch, I or rarely, but when this dude is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, in real life, Georgetown avoids the the disaster of BC, and I got Butler Western Michigan on right now, so we'll see how that goes. I'll be back. Um, all right, let's... last thing I'll say on Iowa, I just looked it up. Patrick yeah. McCaffrey, Fran's son, 16 points off the bench, 16 and 16 and three. Um, like another kid with 12 off the bench, and then. Obviously, Garza at 26, Wisecamp at 9, Frederick 10. So that, the, the McCaffrey that started the McCaffrey that started was 1 of 2 for 3 points. And the McCaffrey that came off the bench was 5 of 10 for 16. So, um, and then I actually love the kid, uh, Toussaint, is a, is a New York kid. He's a Cardinal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He didn't play, I think, that much. He had 3 points. But they're deep. They played a lot of guys. So, um, yeah, 6 for six a sophomore. So. We'll see. So that's all right. All right, let's keep it in big time. We'll go to Wisconsin. Um, they won eight straight games to end their season. They returned their top five scorers. I mean, that's that's not bad. They're, and they're also – they're probably – we don't know yet. I, I don't even know if Wisconsin's played yet. Um, but they're going to probably start five seniors. That's like classic Big Ten experience. I think they are getting a big bump from how they finished last year because there have been points in the last like year and a half where people are like, it's time to move on from Greg Bard. And I think if they didn't have that hot, and that's what's kind of interesting from my standpoint is, okay, are, like, was that an aberration or are they legit? I don't think they're, they're not – I don't think they're going to overpower teams like the Decker and Kaminsky teams did. Or, and, I mean, they had dogs. But I think it's going to be a very typical classic Wisconsin team. They'll stay in, I think, around the – I don't know if they're top 10. I think I personally, I think they're in the 10 to 20 range. I think seven maybe is a little bit too high. Um, I, I just think within the big 10, they're going to get challenged by a lot of these teams, by an Iowa, by Michigan, by Illinois. I don't, I don't see them being consistent enough to stay in that top 10 the whole way. Personally. Yeah. I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. Um, you know, the big 10 also is just going to eat itself alive a little bit. So exactly, yeah. A lot of those teams will, will drop out of the top ten for sure. Yeah. Um, again, let's let's stick in the Big Ten. Illinois um, it looked awesome. I mean, yeah. I the the dude. Um, well, first of all, the return of Dasunmu and Cockburn was Coburn. Massive. Coburn. 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 It's spelled Cockburn. I'm calling him Cockburn, bro. How about Kofi? Kofi, yeah. Right, let's go with Kofi. Um, he is an absolute massive human being. Yeah, he's huge. I mean, them not going to the draft, which I also want to talk about Ohio State later, later with Wesson leaving, which I thought was just a massive mistake. But anyway, um, those dudes returning is uh, huge. 
They yeah. actually got a kid from um, Lujai, uh, Andre Curbelo, too. I don't know if he played a lot um, yet, but and I don't know how much he's actually going to be in the rotation. But um, I think you and I actually both saw him play at some point last year. Um, really? he'll, he'll be a really good. He'll be a really good guard in the Big Ten in a couple years. I don't think he's really going to make a massive difference this first year. Um, but what I did want to talk about is does Illinois be this good this quickly is this a shot in the heart to their former coach our firm our former coach what i will say this mike i got the, i called my grandfather there and he goes who's the coach there now he says brad Underwood. one things are not clean in champaign illinois well yeah no, but but, I, but i'm not saying that they were before i'm not saying that they are now i will say if you look at underwood if you look at his staff they got good players right away for a reason. The one the other thing I will say, and I, and I know he's a, he's a crazy dude. He's, he's a mother effer if there's any type of coach. He's, I mean, it's kind of an interesting fit because I just always saw Underwood as like a Texas like type that like, kind of like coach. But they've embraced him at Illinois. I don't think it's a bad look for Gross that he's, got, he's done well this quickly. I do because I think – it would be a completely different scenario if Kofi and Io weren't there. If they're gone, if they do, yeah. leave, if they do leave, I don't even know if they're like, I'm saying not, not a tournament. I, I, they probably aren't a tournament team without the two of them. The two of them are so important to everything they do. And so yeah. obviously Gross got hit a little bit with guys as leaving, guys getting in trouble again. But I mean, he, he had some, he had talent and he just never kind of stayed. But I will say, it's impressive what Underwood has done. I don't know that it's necessarily done the right way, but in half of college basketball say if you if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And so, you know, he's 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 getting the results whether or not the bag is getting delivered or not. Yes. Um, all right, let's go back to the Big Twelve. Let's go to Kansas again. I said this earlier. Like I, I actually think what you said about Wisconsin is how I feel about Kansas. I just think they're ranked a little too high. Like losing Dotson and Azubuki is huge. I know they bring in Bryce Thompson. Also kind of shocking. You rarely see a blue, like somebody like Kansas take a Juco transfer. Yeah. Like that's kind of unless a, they're really that's good. Yeah. Unless they're big time. Yeah. And he, and he is, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but um, he's a big deal. The Juco transfer they got. I, I don't know. I, I guess I just need to see Kansas more early on in the season. I just think they're – I don't know if they'll be top ten the whole year. I don't think they will. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking – they play early. I mean, they obviously they play Gonzaga. We'll, we'll see right away. And they always – I feel like Gonzaga – I mean, Kansas always, always schedules well early. So, obviously, the Big 12 schedule is good, and they obviously always typically win the Big 12. But they play Gonzaga. They play Kentucky. They play Creighton, which will be an awesome one as well. And then, obviously, the Big 12 we've already talked about. There's going to be some absolute battles. They finish their schedule. They play Texas Tech at Texas and then Baylor. So they'll have like three top 20 teams there that they'll finish with. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. I, I'm not entire, like incredibly impressed with them just uh, with their roster makeup. Yeah, they, the roster. Lot. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like, and I think – and D'Souza's gone as well, too. Not that D'Souza was anything crazy, but, like – Oh, yeah, I forgot about him. It's just, it's, more, it's just more unknown. So, we'll say – all right, well, let's talk about – it's been maybe a half hour. We haven't mentioned Duke too much. Let's talk about the Duke Blue Devils. I feel like they're getting um, – you know, I, I, and I'm not ready to say that they deserve the recognition, but I am saying that they are kind of just getting forgotten about a little bit, and it's a little confusing because I think they have just as much talent as anybody else. Um, you know, I Wendell Moore and Matthew Burke. don't have – it's – I have a big name. Yeah, it, they have a good recruiting class. It's just not as, like – a leader brand, I would say brand name as Zion and RJ were, or even with last year with those guys, like they do have good players and they have more guys coming back than they normally do. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They got, you know, they got a couple sophomores coming back. I think Matthew Hurd is set to have a big year. Um, Jalen Johnson is going to be unbelievable to watch. You know, I, I, I think he's got like Jason Tatum potential all over him. I, I don't think they have necessarily the same type of game, but he, they, same potential. Um, I'm also excited to see Mark Williams. I mean, I don't, Duke hasn't had a seven footer since Brian Zubek and they won a national championship when they had one. So that yeah. would be very nice. 
It'll be really interesting because I think, obviously, I thought at times Wendell Moore was played up to what I thought it was going to be. Most of the time. Most of the time he didn't. There were a couple of times where I was like, he showed flashes. If he can be that, then they need to do it. Matthew Hurt, I thought, was the biggest disappointment of all. Because we, yeah, I agree. By I this agree. time we were talking, and I always said there's two ends of the spectrum. There's like, um, there's the, the Dunleavy, like mm-hmm. peak, and then there's like the Ryan Kelly, like low. And I don't even know if like. I think Ryan Kelly's actually in the middle, and I think okay. like Shavlik Randolph is at the bottom because. Uh, I, say, I don't even know if he lived up to. Shab came in as highly recruited and touted as J.J. Redick was. And yeah. you could see the difference in where those two ended up. In, in Duke allure, you know, Duke recruit talk. It will be uh, interesting. I, I think, I mean, looking at their roster, obviously Duke is Duke. I don't think, are they, I'm excited personally. I, I think Jeremy Roach is going to be. I know. Now, I know. is he a step down from Trey Jones? Obviously, yeah. I mean, he's not. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, where Everybody is. Uh, I think Jeremy Roach is really, really good. And you'll see that with a lot of these D.C. kids, especially the ones that played on the team takeovers that basically just ran everybody out. You saw Hunter Dickinson at Michigan just now playing. You see uh, Casey Morsells. You see all the – there's so much D.C. talent. And he's been going up against top-tier guys the past four years. And so I'm, I don't think that he's going to be – by any any means, scared or uh, there's obviously a learning curve, but I think he's gonna be ready to take over the reins. Um, what about what's the uh, Tape or Tape? I don't even know how the kid from Columbia is he gonna play? Like, I know that was their big graduate. Oh, um, Patrick. Uh, Patrick Tape. It's a, there's a there's a there's a tilde or an aster. Yeah, yeah. I'm what blanking on his last name. I don't know, man. I don't know. How, honestly. What does that mean? Yeah, Coach K is like obviously we everyone knows he's kind of brutal with his rotations and he's usually very short with it. Um, but this year they could go nine deep, and I think they should go nine deep. Yeah, but think, again, it'll probably be set by by January. It'll be seven guys, and that'll be it. Joey Baker, I wonder what's going to happen with him. Goldwire, I think, is going to get a ton of minutes because he's a senior point guard. Henry so, Coleman's the one that I, I'm interested to see how much he gets minutes because he. I, I, I don't doubt, doubt any. I'm not saying he's jabbing 2.0, but I'm just saying they haven't hit on these Virginia big. I know, I know. It will. It, I will. The only note I'll share on that, which I think is hilarious, and and I, I, I mean, they don't need to be doing this by any means. Duke waited to offer Henry Coleman. Henry Coleman, I think his mom went to Virginia, his dad went to Virginia Tech. He's from Richmond. The day that Virginia or that um, Sharif or Jabri Abdurrahim committed to Virginia and filled up their last scholarship offer, the next day, Duke offers Henry Cole. It was like, we're not going to – because I, I was. it's a smart move, I think. It's like, hey, we're not losing out on any recruits in Virginia or whatever it is. It's just so interesting. You look at the timing of all that, and then obviously he goes to Duke. I mean, they didn't have – and it's probably the best move, but it's one of those things. Okay, yeah, it's Duke, but he's obviously not a guy that's going to be slated to play immediately. Big man start, like, right away. So do you fall into that jabbing path or – We'll see. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. I hope he's a four-year guy. They need more of those. They only get one um, right. matchup this year, too, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, no, that kind of sucks. Um, all right, let's just do some random random college basketball check-ins. I A couple things I'm excited for. One, can't wait to see UConn in the Big East. Yeah. Um, that's going to be unbelievable. Um, I'm excited to see Mac McClung play at Texas Tech. He just – he got a waiver, so he's eligible – Happy for him. Happy for all the kids that are eligible. Yeah, they're kind of just a group of, like, random players now this year. Like, I don't know. Um, I just don't know how Max is going to be. It's got so much more respect for him now. After, like, playing him in the national championship, I love Chris Beard. Yeah, I know. And now they have, like – now that they didn't have talent, but, like, like obviously, like, like Jarrett Culver's a homer heads, but, like, they're getting, like, top guys. They're getting big transfers, like – if I'm – who knows how – like, they paid him a ton. Like, he's yeah. building that into a serious, serious program. Yeah, no doubt. Um, all right, over, over under 20 wins for North Carolina. What's their schedule? Last year they, last year they had 14. Played or won? That's what I think. Uh, they had 14 last uh, year? Yeah, that's, I guess that's tough. Normal year, that's a fair question. Let's see. Let's, you I'm know, because I'm looking – I just need to see their non-conference. 
what because they're and it's perfect time you said i'm looking right now they're barely they just took the lead against charleston it's 47 to 43 um and they have another a, a big recruiting class they have some big guys that come and they have kessler and sharp and they brought back garrison brooks as preseason acc player of the year dude i'm not there on garrison is de facto it's just because it was like the whole like all three ace all acc teams were gone so it's like all right i'm not there I'm not there either. Um, but looking at their schedule, they play. They're supposed to play in the non-conference. Supposed to play at Iowa. They're supposed to play Ohio State on a neutral court. Um, they're supposed to play. I guess that's. I guess Iowa's their ACC Big Ten. They don't have that tough in their ACC schedule. Uh, I'm going under. I'm going under. I hope they play 30 games. I think if they play 30, they they don't win 20. If they play 20. They don't win 15. I don't know. I, it's tough because of COVID, but I, I just, I'm just not sold on them. I think they'll be better than last year. Hopefully, I think their yeah. roster fits their style more, maybe a little bit. And you've got more like Baycott's in his second year. Garrison Brooks is, is a core piece. He's not a bad player. I'm not saying it by any means. No. But, yeah, I, I still don't see them being – I don't see them contending for the ACC. That's as simple as that. I, I think they're yeah. Um, I want to not, I know Goodman did this for somebody else. And I, I think you told me before we started recording, I want to nominate uh, best name in college hoops, Arizona state. I'm watching them right now. Remy Martin. We've talked about him before. He's That's been around for a while. And I think it's, I'm glad you brought it up because I like Arizona state a lot. You know, who else is on that team? Who's like kind of balling out right now during this game. Bagley. Marcus little Bagley. Bagley. Yes. Another yeah, Bagley. Bagley. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. And there's a third one too. There's going to be another one. I remember. So when this one was playing at EYBL, um, there was like a young one. It was basically like a ball boy type. So there'll be a tree of Bagleys. Um, yep. It's just it's interesting. Obviously, Arizona State. Um, I heard it was a. I think it was Tyson Tate that said. Obviously, I don't know how long Bobby Hurley is going to stay there. He has done an unbelievable job. He's brought in Josh Christopher. He's brought in big time recruits. He's turned that program. Um, if you're Bobby Hurley, you, you have a great – say they make a Sweet 16 this year at Arizona State, which I think is – I think Final Four is a little bit of a reach, but Sweet 16 is very, very viable. Yeah. Do you jump to that next job? Do you stay and try and build – like it, – Well, I think, I, I think there's going to be a ton of jobs because 2020 was the year of no firings. Yeah. So 21 is going to be – the floodgates are going to open yeah. after the Final Four. Without and also the thing too, it, it, it's perfect. Him doing this is perfectly coinciding with the downfall, not the downfall, but the downturn of Arizona. And you look at that and that that's what they were joking about on Tyson Tate. Can you imagine if um, Dan, Danny Hurley would jump? He would never do this. He's not going to jump out of UConn, but can you imagine if he took the Arizona, Sean Miller gets fired. He took Arizona and you had the Hurleys running the state of Arizona. It'd be a tremendous yeah. sight, but yeah, I, I like Arizona state. I mean, they have a ton of, you have a ton of talent, um, but also shout yeah, Rashawn Burno is the main is one of Billy O's guys. I mean, he's brought in, he's brought in big time, big time guys that I mean Arizona State. They were never really relevant under um, uh, why I'm literally blanking on his name on uh, Herb Sindek. Like it, that whole time, never really had relevance. And I think what Hurley's been there what three years now, maybe four, three, yeah, four three or four. They're yeah. in the mix. I mean, they're they're definitely in the mix. But Remy Martin is uh, Remy Ma. Good stuff. All right. Last team I want to talk about is Rutgers because we were about to see history unfold in March if the season continued because they were pretty much going to make the tournament. They got ranked for the first time since 1979. Unbelievable. Wow. They guard and they rebound. Yeah. And they return. Um, what are the trio? So Geo, Geo Baker. Baker yep. Geo Baker's back. Ron Harper Jr. and Miles Johnson all back. I think so, Geo Baker is one of the most underrated players in college basketball. I'll, like, I'll say, like, I think so too, and it's just because he goes to Rutgers. But like the job that Pico has done, oh, I mean, if if he even if he if he stay if 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 he gets back to ranked or if he makes the tournament this year, they're going to give him a five year extension. Yeah, and they're going to have to, or else he's going to have big, big jobs. Big offers. He, yep. I love Pico. And if you watch him, and we've talked before, I mean, he's fired up. He's getting the fans amped up. He's like, awesome. The rack is like rocking again. The students are involved. I mean, he is. There's like I have a, a short list. There's a short list of guys. Like if 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 I needed, I want to coach right now. 
Chris Beard, he's up, I mean, to be honest, like perfectly honest, like Chris Beard, Paykel, like younger guys that are at jobs that can still elevate, he, he's up there. He's probably, I count on like one hand, he's probably in the top five guys I would pick. Because Is this, are those the guys that you want to replace Bennett when Bennett takes over for Coach K? <laughs> Zoom. That's going to ruin your world. The Zoom face. That would kill me. That would kill me. It would, it would kill you. I'd be more upset. To be honest, though, I'd be more upset, at, obviously, if, if you went to UNC um, than Duke. But oh, um, I, feel, I feel good. I feel good about our, uh, our program for the, for the, for the first season. <laughs> our program. Yeah, he ain't going anywhere. One other, uh, on that same red, though, a, a job that I know they have an interim right now and we'll have to fire, hire, or figure out something depending on how they do. Wichita State. Now, I don't even know if we even talked yeah, about Marshall great. and like and all the accusations and everything and the bombshell reporting. I think it's unbelievable that he's still getting seven and a half million dollars based on the fact that they have so many people on the record willing to say this. Um, now, everyone's known he's kind of a crazy. He and his wife from the they're both kind of crazy people and they a lot of yelling, a lot of screaming. Um, but I think the so how much and things go on in practice obviously there's there's coaches will step over the line but it, it just seems like from all the reporting that it was just repeated repeated and there's no it, and not necessarily got worse and worse but he was never never cared about his actions necessarily even still I mean the fact that he's it got drug it draw was drawn all the way out to now it, it took months to even fire him or let him go and he's still getting seven and a half million is I, I do do you does Greg Marshall? What is his next job? Question and two, where do you go if you're Wichita State? You just ride it out with whoever their 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 person is. Or what? Um, all right, lot to unpack. One, mm -hmm. I'm going to take the other view because I'm not shocked at all that it it takes so. First of all, in 2020, it takes a long time to fire someone, and yep. you better have all your ducks in a row. So I think that's what took so long. Number one, number two. The contracts that these guys sign are ironclad. Yep. These are not willy-nilly, at-will employee contracts. These are, I don't care if I murder someone in front of the AD, you're still going to pay me type contracts, which is obviously what we're seeing now. Um, in terms of what Wichita State does, yes, I do think they probably ride out with the assistants. What, I, I don't even know. Did they there's name? A, an, one of the assistants, there's an interim right now. I And okay. – if they do well, I think obviously the natural you keep that. The person I personally think is going to get it after this is Chris Jans, who, if you know, when Chris Jans was at Bowling Green for one year, and they were great. They went, I'm looking at it now. They went 21 and 12, which for Bowling Green standards, winning 20 games, great. That's oh, unbelievable. If you can win 20 games, yeah. he got fired at I think we talked about this. He got fired because there's a bunch of video and stuff of him at the bars in Bowling Green. Like talk, oh yeah, talk, that's talk, right. All that stuff, and then basically after that, he basically got back. He was a spent for 2015 and 2017. He was a special assistant to Greg Marshall at Wichita State. So some good years. He kind of got back on his feet, and then since then, he's been the last three years. He's been at New Mexico State, where they've gone 28 and six, 30 and five, and 25 and six. So it's something where even there, I don't know if like you necessarily bump the interim back down to assistant, but it's like, hey, we're keeping this in the family because there's a lot of Wichita State fans that will still ride for Greg Marshall right now. They're like, this is yeah. unfair. You look at Jeff Goodman's mentions, it's you don't you you're just attacking it's someone that you don't like, so you're going after him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I I forgot one thing that you brought up and we shout out to Bomani Jones for for getting into it on Twitter a little bit. But I I think Greg Marshall is back on the sidelines in two years. Easy. Two years. Easy. I, I, and Bomani was on the opposite. He was like, I think he's, he's like, he admitted, he's like, I get the cynicism, but you're, I, what he said to us was that like, you're not necessarily taking the full scope of like him and yeah. his relationships and how negative he is and how, how bad this situation is um, and how that's going to affect. But I, I just think, look, man, people have done even worse things and gotten jobs still. So it's like, there's I, guys, yeah, my cynicism is real still. No, I agree. And I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. I mean, the guy was making three and a half million a year. What do you have like five years left? He's getting seven and a half. I think of that he's still 57. So he's young. I think. You can, you can, I mean, he literally could go to an Island and do nothing. He had, he had 98 to 07 at Winthrop. Um, 2007 to 20 at Wichita state. 
I mean, oh seven to now, he's been there for thirteen years. That's crazy. He's got a Final Four. He won. I mean, five MVC regular seasons. The interesting thing, and this is what I think is kind of crazy to me, is say he's been there, he was there all that time, and you think of him as a power program, they're Final Four, and they're always consistent. They have five regular season titles. They only won the tournament twice, which is a little odd to me. Not that, like, that, I mean, not that there's a huge disparity, but I well, – he's, he's been in um, – how many times have been to the NCAA tournament? They've been to the tournament, so I guess – they. I mean, they've gotten at large bids because I'm looking at it now. It's They went – um, let's see. Um, you know, they went like one, two, three, four, five. It's six straight years from 2011 through 2000, know, seven straight years from 2011 through 2018, 17, 18, um, where they went to the tournament. So eight straight years, but they were in at large six of those times. So they only won the tournament in 14 and 17, um, which shows obviously the body of work they put in. I think it also shows how good the NBC typically is that any, obviously multiple teams are winning, but Seven, seven big South tournament titles, six regular seasons. It was final four in 13. Like they didn't, they were in at large technically in the NBC when they won, went to the final four in 2013. But um, I mean, it, it is interesting. The fact that, um, I don't know, I think it's probably for the better, but once again, at the end of the day, it'll probably be back in at, at some, some program. Who knows what, maybe Pat Kelsey finally decides to leave Winthrop and Winthrop brings him back and just starts. Yeah, who knows? Who knows, man? Um, well, I think either way, dude, this this is a good uh, – we're happy, right? I'm watching college basketball. URI is losing Arizona State right now. Uh, like, this is just awesome. No, it's, it's, awesome. Great to, it's great to have it back. Carolina's pulled away, um, unfortunately. Um, but, no, we've got a great slate. We've got – hopefully we just keep rolling, everything stays safe. Last thing I do want to say, um, rest in peace, Anthony Stewart. He's an assistant for us at Ohio. Uh, he's the head coach at Tennessee Martin. Never got to get him on the pod. It was something like he, he was one. Of, he would have honestly been an unbelievable podcast guest because there's not a single room that he walked into that um, he didn't make everyone laugh and everyone smile. And his son Parker transferred from Pittsburgh to play for him at Tennessee Martin. Kid graduated and and got his master's degree within I believe like four years. He just got his master's degree. He hasn't even played. Um, basically, he still has another year of eligibility after this. And so. Stu is a guy I obviously want to give a, a, a shot to him because anyone that's around him, um, I mean, he was an absolute hilarious guy that cared about people. He has a, a, a crazy route to get there, too. I mean, he was, I mean, we talked, he, he was a, a business, he worked at auto body shops. He played Division three in, in baseball and basketball, and then later in life, then worked his way up. Um, really tragic, and obviously praying for his family and, and, uh, and, and hoping the best for, for Tennessee Martin because it's a really, really tough time. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, um, I think Stu, he's, he's obviously looking down on his son. I think that he's going to have a great year. And I think he, the biggest thing he wants is where we are now that basketball is a luxury and we are lucky to have it. I'm just happy that the games are, games are happening. So. No doubt. No doubt, man. I think everybody, especially with Thanksgiving tomorrow, everybody is uh... – extra appreciative of, of whatever they got right you know 100%. appreciative of whatever blessings they got so that's a that's a good way to end it episode 62 one 62 we recorded a bunch tyson wheeler, and tyson wheeler coming up next awesome interview coming up on the next episode start pumping yeah. out now that we're in the season content 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 but, yeah. awesome. all right well, well we will talk to you guys soon keep the ball bouncing I've been feeling like this is what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss, then tell me what you're working for. Certain doors were closed, but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup. Pull, slush, rust, souls up next, and I got this. Crazy like Britney and the love so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking 12 shots like where the cops is. Come on.